at like this last year and a half, I spent a lot of time realizing like I'm no longer connected to who I was when I was like 16 or 18 or even 20. And so now like taking that realization and being excited for who I can become. And so I think that's really what I'm looking forward to in this next chapter is to figure out what 23-year-old Ayana looks like, feels like, what she wants out of this world. And I think it's fine to like mourn like who I was and that I'm not going to be like that high school girl that liked certain things and didn't like certain things. Welcome to Figuring It Out. I'm Ashley Garrison. I'm a 21-year-old recent college grad who's trying to find her way. I definitely don't have all the answers, but I'm hoping to find some through the conversations I have here. In each episode, I interview inspiring young people about everything from how they're tackling imposter syndrome to how they're developing stronger body image. I hope you'll join me so we can figure things out together. Now, let's get into today's episode. Ayana Ishmael is a 23-year-old podcaster, journalist, and incredibly well-dressed individual. I actually met Ayana over a year ago through a virtual internship program. Although we've never actually met in person, our friendship has had such a positive impact on my life. As I've said many times before on this podcast, early adulthood is hard. There's so much pressure to get where you wanna go, to choose the right path, to figure out what you want out of life, and to somehow have time for socializing. For me, good friends like Ayana make it all more manageable. Today, I'm talking to Ayana about the awkwardness of early adulthood, her move to New York City for her dream job, and how she pushed back against hustle culture and put her mental health first. A 2021 college graduate, Ayana has already published stories for some really impressive publications like Teen Vogue, Essence Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, and more. And she's written about everything from plus-size fashion to national politics. She's now working at Teen Vogue and absolutely killing it. But like most people, she's still figuring things out. I had a lot of questions for Ayana. Like, how does she resist the pressure to just have one thing? And what is she most excited about as she enters this new chapter? I hope you enjoy the episode. It's one of my favorite conversations that I've ever had on this podcast. Here it is. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be recording another full-length episode, and I'm very excited to be here with today's guest, Ayana. Um, We're going to be talking about a lot today. Ayana has a lot going on, and she's doing some really cool things. But before I get into the questions, Ayana, introduce yourself to the people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so exciting to be here, you know, Um, talking to you again. But I am a recent graduate of Florida A&M University. And this past summer, I've been interning with the Wall Street Journal. I do a lot of freelance work. I've written for several publications. And I also have a fun podcast on the side of my own called Black Fat Fashion. That's a little bit about me, I guess. So the first question that I've been asking people these last few times I've been recording is, what are you watching, reading, and listening to right now? I'll go first. Um, I'm watching YouTube um, I watch Margot Lee, Moya Molini. I don't think I'm saying her name correctly, but she lives in like the UK. Um, I am listening to, it's been a lot of Phoebe Bridgers these past two days. I don't know what that really says about me right now. <laughs> um, but that's just been my vibe. 
And I am still reading The Inheritance Games, which is a fiction novel. It's young adult. Um, it's realistic fiction. And I think I explained it in the previous episode, but in short, it's about a girl that inherits a bunch of money. So yeah, what are you watching, reading, and listening to right now? Yeah, so I kind of been going back and forth while I'm reading two books. So More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroth and then The Chief on Trenches by Andre Leon Talley. I've been going back and forth reading those two. I don't know why I'm chaotic like this instead of reading one all the way through, but I kind of pick a day and read a different one. And then I've been listening nonstop to, of course, Doja Cat's latest album, Planet Her. I cannot stop listening to it. And watching, I also um, have been going back and forth between Outer Banks, the latest season. I'm rewatching it for the second time. And I've been watching Dance Moms for some odd reason. <laughs> yeah, I've got to start that more than enough book. I remember when it came out, everyone was reading it. Um, and I kept wanting to get it. But I didn't know that Andre and Leon Talley had a book out. That's cool. I should check that out. Um, but my real first question for you is how does it feel to finally be moving to New York City and heading towards full-time employment. I'll let Ayana tell her own story and her own news, but I know that you've been wanting to move to New York for a while and it's a really it's a really big step. So, I'm assuming like there are a lot of feels involved with that. Yeah, I've been going definitely through a lot of emotions the last couple of days. Well, honestly, the last couple of weeks, I won't say the um of course, the name of the publication, but I, of course, accepted a job offer. Honestly, even though I don't dream of labor, my definite dream job um, right after college. So it's been a lot of emotions through the entire interview process the last seven weeks. I was just like laughing with a friend because I applied for the job June 9th. And so I've been going through like anxiety ridden stress about like applying for a full time job and going back and forth and interviews and talking to HR people for the last like seven weeks. And so finally being at the point where I was offered the job, of course, I accepted. And now I am stressed planning out moving because I moved to New York City in like exactly a week from today. So it's kind of nerve wracking, even though I've been to New York City a million times. This is like for real. I was just telling my mom, I'm not just going for the summer for an internship. I'm not just going for a weekend with friends. Like this will technically become my home. So it's kind of crazy to even think like that because it's something I've wanted for so long. But I think, of course, it's like I'm finally becoming an adult for real this time. Like college was a test, but this is actually me going into full adulthood. So it's kind of, it's extremely nerve wracking, I think for me personally, but I'm excited nonetheless. I think it's just realizing, you know, everything that I wanted and worked for is actually like happening. And so it's a weird mixture of emotions. I think that like, especially because you have been working hard for so long and like taking like very like incremental and what is the word like strategic steps towards your career i'm imagining that it's just a very good feeling to know like okay like all the things that i was doing like it really did pay off um i I think that's kind of how i feel about grad school um i also have to move but i'm moving to new haven so it's a little less like well what am i saying new haven is a little slower than new york um so it's not so much like like that type of thing. But it is the first time that I'm ever living 
in an apartment. I always lived in a dorm. Um, I never had to worry about, you know, any other things that you have to worry about when you live in an apartment, <laughs> like paying specific bills or like just like all the little stuff. So that is definitely going to be an adjustment. But one thing I have been wondering is what are you most excited for in terms of this new chapter? I know that I keep using the phrase early adulthood and I've got to think of like a better phrase for it because something about early adulthood, I just like don't like that word. But I guess we technically are in early adulthood. And I mean, it's arguably like, you know, prime time for figuring yourself out, you know, figuring out what you're passionate about, figuring out where you want to live, all this stuff. Like exploration is what I think of when I think of the 20s. Um, And, you know, we talked about it being like a very overwhelming time, but it's also an exciting time. Um, And I, I personally am looking forward to just like focusing on some things that I hadn't previously focused on. So like, what are you most excited for now? I'm excited to just, um, I think really learn and grow as a person. This was something I was just like, I'm always ranting about something to my friends, but I was spending like the last year and a half, especially in the pandemic, you spent so much more time alone. And I think this was like a moment where you realized like your life isn't what it used to be and so for so long especially early in college I spent so much time like trying to get back to like maybe who I was in high school because I felt like oh well you know maybe like I should still be this way and I think at like this last year and a half I spent a lot of time realizing like I'm no longer connected to who I was when I was like 16 or 18 or even 20 and so now like taking that realization and being excited for who I can become and so I think that's really what I'm looking forward to in this next chapter is to figure out what 23 year old Ayana looks like feels like what she wants out of this world and I think it's fine to like mourn like who I was and that I'm not going to be like that high school girl that liked certain things and didn't like certain things. And so that was probably the biggest revelation I had and what I'm now excited to like move forward into is like figuring out like this next chapter of who I am because I feel like we don't realize like we are supposed to grow and evolve as people. And so that was something I learned through the pandemic. And so I'm excited to see who I'll become. So really just me. I agree. Like I'm, I'm so not the person that I was even as a first year in college. Um, when I just think about like what my goals were and like what I wanted to do, like on a very technical level, like I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. No one was going to tell me that I was not going to be the next Lester Holt. And like my goals have changed so much. And even like when I was changing majors in college and like changing plans, like you, you almost feel bad sometimes about like changing directions or like leaving certain things behind. But I don't know, like once I left that behind and like opened myself up to new things, life honestly got better. And like, I was happier and I found something I was equally as passionate about. So I've just been trying to remind myself that like, I don't know, like this like process of like leaving things behind is okay. Like even with, with friends, um, and phases of life, like I personally have such a hard, I'm like on such a rant, but I have such a hard time with like ending chapters. So like when I graduated, oh my gosh, I was like, my professors, like, I've got to leave them. I've got to like, leave them behind. I'm not going to see Professor Eden every other week or whatever. And it was so hard for me, but like, not to sound pessimistic or like, like, what is the word? Like, yeah, pessimistic, but that's kind of life. Like things end. 
And I'm trying to like get more comfortable with that. So we'll see how that goes for me. <laughs> um, end of rant. But my next question is slightly related. Um, I talked a bit about mental health and I think that my approach to mental health has definitely changed over the past year, especially as I've graduated. And I know that like journalism um, is a very mentally and emotionally exhausting industry. There's a lot of like energy that's required to be a journalist, like a lot of like initiative and, and pitching and like subjecting yourself to potential rejections. Um, so how has your approach to mental health changed, if at all, um, especially as you've like gone from being a student to not being a student? I definitely now put my mental health first above everything. I um, kind of like faced that um, head on early on in my the fall semester of my senior year. And I literally just like burned completely out. Like I was just so emotionally like unavailable. And so I just knew I couldn't do my job. And for me, that like hurt because I like loved my student magazine. That was like my pride and joy. And so to feel at a point where I just like didn't even want to like do anything with Journey. That's when I knew I needed to take time for myself. And so I literally went back home to Miami for, I believe, three weeks. And I completely like signed out. I told um, who was the managing editor at the time. I told a friend, I was like, hi, like, I'm going to take a couple weeks off. I just can't do it. And like, of course, they were very nice about doing that. We've always been big on whatever you need will provide. And so I was grateful to like take a step back from just one thing at least and like focused more on my mental health. And so that was a big deal for me because I realized I can't just like continuously push on. Like sometimes you need to like face things and confront what you've been running from for years. And so those three weeks I spent like combating what I had been avoiding um, for so long. And so finally facing that and getting the closure that I needed, like going to therapy having real conversations about what was holding me back. And then that helped with my anxiety a lot. Of course, I still struggle with anxiety. That's something I'm always going to struggle with. But it's definitely gotten better because I decided that there was like my mental health was more important than the next move or my next career, that kind of thing. And so for me, I always believe you just need to put mental health first. That's where I've kind of been at at the moment. I will always put it first moving forward because I saw if I try to avoid it, it just builds up and it gets way worse. And then I end up being like immobilized because I can't do anything else. I also, this past year, really started to prioritize it. Really, it's been this summer. Um, and I think that like the, the nothingness of like not having a lot to do, like I mentioned in a previous episode that I'm not like working this summer like that gives you so much time to just like sit with yourself because you're not always thinking about the next task or like showing up to whatever Zoom meeting. And that's been really helpful for me. And I never, honestly, I never would have guessed that like I would have had so much fun doing nothing, um, but it's been nice. And so I've realized like one thing I want to do going forward, even as a student, even as an employee is like carve in time for nothingness um, and not just like 30 minute blocks, like whole days, like whole weeks sometimes um, to like, to really like get myself where I need to be. Um, something else I want to talk about was, I know that you love magazines and you love writing. So I was curious, like, what drew you to magazines? Like what is it about magazines and the media industry? Were you someone like as a kid that 
always love the type of stuff. I know that a lot of people that, you know, have interest in the magazine industry, they did read magazines a lot as a kid. I was just interested in hearing like your journey towards, you know, working in the media industry. Yeah, I've always um, loved magazines. As you said, I read them when I was little. Like that was just always something around my house. I remember my friends used to always make fun of me. They're like, Ayana is like um, a walking dictionary of Cosmopolitan magazine because I would just recite any and everything I read from there. And it was just always big to like have magazines around in my house. And I was just obsessed with the fashion. I've always really had a thing for um, runway and like modeling and creative direction, which is something that, of course, now that I've gotten older and gotten to do through Journey Magazine and just side fun projects, I realize I do have an eye for it. So it's really exciting to do stuff that I really care about. But yeah, I just, I grew up on magazines. And I think in elementary school, I saw 13 going on 30. And I was just like, wow, like, she is the coolest job. Like, this seems awesome. And then obviously, as I got older, and I went to community college, and I started getting into journalism, I took the route of like more traditional, I was working for a student newspaper doing sports. So that was extremely left field, um, in regards to wanting to work at a fashion magazine. But it was the only way for me to get any kind of writing experience when I was at community college. So I decided just to go for it because I knew I had a sports background, and I could handle it, which um, long term, I feel like it really did help my writing experience. But when I first got to community college, I remember I would say like, oh, yeah, like very subtly, like I would never be very like boastful about it. I was like, I want to work, you know, for a fashion magazine. And then, of course, like um, some journalists can be very you know, nitpicky, but they're like, oh, that's not real journalism. And I remember like getting so upset because I was like, what? I was like, that's not fair to the people that are working at these magazines that are doing amazing things. And so I remember being so mad at that statement because I was like, how are you saying that's not real journalism just because you don't consider fashion real journalism? But that was always my biggest point going into magazines as I feel like People don't put enough respect on the coverage that there, of course, yes, when you see like, oh, 10 sweaters you should wear in this fall, whatever, you're going to think, oh, this isn't serious. But they're also working towards their audience. And so for me, as I got older, being obsessed with magazines, especially when I was little, it was nice to see places like, you know, like The Cut and Teen Vogue, where they do a lot a large range of coverage from politics to fashion and everything in between. And that's where I saw myself where I could say, hey, on this part of their website, they're talking about politics. On the other, they're talking about immigration. And on the other, they're talking about plus size fashion. And to me, that's that's me. That's literally me to a T. It's all things I care about. And so magazines always felt like a great place to be because they didn't just um, put me into one box. I was able to explore everything that I cared about. And so that's why magazines always seemed like a better fit for me personally because I got to do it all I wasn't just only strictly talking about politics and I couldn't ever think about fashion coverage because that's not important to places that focus on politics you know magazines allowed you to exist fully and wholly and so that was what really excited me about you know working for a magazine I personally am very excited to see what you do and I also think that magazines in a lot of ways like of all the different forms of media, like I feel like in some ways, like they're doing the most in terms of like diversity and inclusion or whatever. And like, you know, actually trying to make the content more representative and not just like, you know, the models that are being shown or, or, or whatever, but like 
you know, in terms of beauty, like not just catering to white people, but also like highlighting black brands and like creating content that's helpful for black people. Um, and like creating like content that's not just helpful for men and women, but also non-binary people. Like I've, I've noticed an effort from the magazine industry, um, specifically like Cosmo, Teen Vogue. I could be missing something because I'm not like an expert, but like all like those places in terms of like on a regular basis, making sure that they're not just talking to, you know, the white woman, which I feel like was kind of like the, the, the focus of magazines for so long. But I think they, they since realized that, you know, a lot of people read their magazines and they need to like actually be reflective of that. So I think like I personally really enjoy magazines for that reason. I know they have a long way to go, especially in terms of like at who's editing pieces and like who's at the top. But I am hopeful for the future um, and really appreciate what they're doing. I do want to talk about your podcast a bit and fashion. Not that I know too much about fashion. I wish the audience could see what I'm wearing right now. Um, <laughs> it's not very fashionable. But yeah, I know that you wanted to launch your podcast, Black Fat Fashion, for a while. And you did last summer. So I was wondering if you could just talk about the mission of it and, and how you settled upon you know, that specific mission. Yeah, so BFF was something I'd always been thinking about. I just didn't really know how to word it. And I always credit um, the title coming from um, the help of one of my professors. I was just talking to her one day. I was like, I really want to start a podcast because I just really wanted to create a community and a space. And that's all dive deeper in that into next. But basically I was just like, what should I name my podcast? And my professor was just like, name it after yourself, name it after what you feel like, give me, she was like right now fast, like no thoughts, like give me adjectives that you would want to like describe yourself as. And I was like, well, black fat fashion. And then she was like, that's it. I was like, no, I was like, it can't be called that. And she was like, that's it. I was like, people are either going to love it or they're going to hate it. And I was like, you're right. So I remember going to my mom and being like, I want to call it black fat fashion. And she was like, do you really want to call yourself fat? And I think that's when the moment I realized I was like, yes, I was deathly afraid of the word fat. And so for me, it was so important to use that in the title of my podcast because it was something for since elementary all the way to like early college. I was so scared that someone would realize that I was fat. And so that was something I was always working on and trying to avoid. I love the word thick or curvy because it avoided me from ever having to be fat. But I think that wasn't fair to myself. And it definitely wasn't fair to like 16 year old Ayana who was going through like so many different like identity and body crisis. And so BFF is really just a place that I wanted to have open and candid conversations with people that I admire in the industry, people that I'm friends with, and just have real conversations about their journey, whether they're black and fat into fashion or they're just black into fashion. I just really wanted to create a small niche space where we could have community conversations. And so all the interviews that I've done have been so eye-opening and just really nice to talk to other black people that understand what I'm going through and they can relate on certain levels. And I feel like that's where 
Like right now, BFF is on a hiatus. I just was so overwhelmed with graduating college and starting this internship at the journal that I was like, I want to stop and figure out what's next for BFF. And so I'm excited to be planning out where I want to take BFF because that's like something I'm really passionate about. I'm excited for the next chapter and all the things I want it to evolve into. But for me, I always wanted to create a community and a space where people feel seen and feel heard. And so that was like the biggest response I got. Like, I remember just one girl reaching out to me. She was like, thank you so much for this podcast. Like, like it just feels nice to like, you know, people talk about being fat and it's not like a negative connotation. And then even I had like random like men reach out to me. They're like, I'm not even into fashion, but this is just great conversation. And I feel like that was like the biggest thing for me, like having open and candid conversations with people that anyone could relate to because a lot of the people that I spoke to, they were, you know, early in their career, mid-career, but they were still just figuring themselves out and they were just trying to navigate who they were and who they currently are and where they see themselves going. Yeah, I love your podcast. And I think that in terms of taking a hiatus, I think when you come back, it'll just be better. Like it'll feel you'll feel so much better and like stronger in what you're doing than if you had just like kept doing episodes just like keep punching and banging them out but I also wanted to know like what is your key to like a good outfit because you have some really good outfits like for people out there that you know they don't really know what they're doing um me sometimes (laughs) how do you put together a good outfit like what are your favorite brands all of that I unfortunately financially am stuck in a lot of fast fashion but I try to avoid it here and there when I, of course, can afford it or when things are in my size. But for me, I don't know. Fashion has always been about expressing yourself. And I love color. My mom always gets so mad. She's like, you love the craziest prints. And I'm like, that feels like me. And then I think eventually as as I get older and get more financially stable, I can constantly buy the clothes that I like. It's just about... um, not to get like all emo here, but very much like healing our inner child. I've like really been on this whole like movement about like listening to that inner child and like understanding like who I was when I was younger and how that affected who I am now. And so a lot of like my outfits when I was younger, I was very insecure and self-conscious of what I was wearing. Like, you know, and that I talked to my parents about that. I was like, it was from them and of course other kids, but like my mom, like telling me to put my shirt down because she can see a little bit of my stomach or like my shorts are a little short, like my thighs are rubbing. Like, of course I've always had um, a large chest. And so being very like aware that like if I wear this top, like my boobs are out, like, like uh, the male gaze, all of that. And so like, for me, clothes, and especially now fashion, has always just been about, like, wearing what I always wanted to wear when I was younger, but I was, like, too afraid to wear. Like, I would avoid crop tops, and if I did put on a crop top, I had to wear, like, a jacket, even though I lived in Miami, where it was 80 degrees almost every day. And so it's, like, I gave up so many parts of fashion that I loved because I was, like, afraid to exist in my body. And so it's really nice to, like, now go back and, like, wear the crop top and put on also a tight pair of jeans and not be scared to death to walk outside you know because I owe it to like myself that I like have this body my body does what it needs to do it allows me to live and exist and it moves in all its parts that it's supposed to do and so there's nothing wrong with it it's valid in its existence at this exact moment and so that also plays like a huge part in my my understanding of fashion to like 
not being afraid to wear color because, you know, if you're wearing a lot of color, more people will see you and, you know, you're bringing attention to yourself. And so for me, fashion has become really about taking up the space that I never like took up when I was younger. And so it has been so awesome to like try different things, wear a lot of colors and prints. And so for me, that's always just been my like vibe. I grew up in Miami, so everything is very like beachy and fun, flowy. And I feel like if you look at my Instagram, that's a lot of what it is too. I'm now getting into more maybe structured and um, winter and fall clothes because I now am moving to a place where I will experience that. But uh, of course, like for me, it's always just finding pieces that excite me like finding something that I'm so excited to wear. And that was one good advice that I would take from my mom in regards to fashion. She was like, if you're not like screaming excited about it before you leave the store, you're never going to wear. And that rang true every single time. If I just bought something because I thought I maybe liked it, I would never put it on. And then so now for me also just like finding different things that I can mix and match and finding different thrifted pieces, but really just like listening to what excites you is what how I kind of move in regards to fashion, finding pieces that make me excited. I feel like I'm pretty like minimalistic in terms of fashion. I do want to get into prints more. Like I think they're fun. I like your prints. Um, but I think like for so long, the way that I dressed was dependent on how I felt about my body. Like not just like in terms of like how I'm dressing that day, but like for long stretches at a time, like months at a time, like I would more like, you know, go towards something that was, especially like in middle school, like something that was baggier, right? Like not, like not allowing myself to engage with any of the trends that were going on because I didn't feel like comfortable, like wearing those trends because of like how my body looked. And like, I think that's carried over through into college, um, or it did carry over into college as well. But like now I just try to like wear things that like, like, what do you like genuinely like feel good? And like, what do you like feel like you really like yourself in? But like, I'm also learning to take risks more, um, and learning that it's okay if something doesn't fit me the way that it fits, you know, another person or the model. I think like that's, I'm assuming that's just like, something that kind of comes with age and like gaining confidence. And like, as you get older, I hope you, I hope that like, I just naturally care less about what other people think or what I think that they think. Cause of course, like no one is really thinking about you as much as you think they are. Um, but yeah, that's something that I'm working on. I also want to talk about just the process of imp- improvement and growth in terms of like, your, your writing or like whatever, whatever your job is like for anyone listening. Cause I think that journalism, like a lot of careers is one where you can't, it's hard to sometimes measure improvement and to know like when you're getting better because it is kind of writing is kind of subjective. Right. And like, it's not like, you know, you're doing math problems. You can say, Oh, I got like a 90% this time. Um, and sometimes I think like you don't even realize that you have come so far until you take a step back. But how do you like measure improvement in terms of, you know, your work and how do you know, like when you need to like work on something? I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, that's the question. That is of course, always a hard one for me because it's something I'm still of course learning and growing away from is um, being so hard on myself. But for me, I've always been running and it's like to use that 
as a term, basically. But since I started at community college, I always felt like I was behind. I was always trying to like catch up to like, of course, people at predominantly white institutions, but of course, the people that were at top J schools, I never felt like I could compete with them. And that's when like, I had to realize, like, you can't compete with them. And that's fine, because you're not in a competition with anyone but yourself. And as long as like you like I tell everyone, that's the number one advice. I Like I have like a few like people that I mentor, quote, unquote, like, I don't like the term, but I do like see them as like friends that I like try to care for because they're younger than me in the industry. But I tell them I was like, just do one thing every day that um, is involved in your career. So if you're not in journalism and it's something else, just do one thing. And whether that's reading a couple pages from a book or reading a few articles today or working on your leads, whatever it is um, in your industry and career path, do one thing every day and I promise it'll make a difference. So I always looked at it. I came from a sports family. So for me, that's always was my kind of understanding of how to get better is like you're not going to get better if you don't work every day at it. You're not going to get better if you only go play football when it's game time. And that's that's the only like kind of way I can explain it. But that's how I also looked at journalism. I can't get better only when it's time to write one article. I have to get better every day. And so just doing one thing every day, it became very simple for me. And then over time, you see the progression. You see, okay, well, I wrote this better. I didn't have any grammatical errors. I didn't make any large mistakes. I had a stronger interview today. And so I think it's, of course, like you said, it's very subjective because you can have good days, bad days. Like writing is so complex. And so there's going to be days where you mess up and you just feel like you can't spell a single word right. But as long as you're continuously moving, like I promise you're you're getting better and people are noticing. And then so for me, that was always just my biggest thing, just doing one day, one thing every day. It doesn't have to be something that takes four hours. It could just be I woke up and I read a couple pages of my favorite book and I learned a new word. So now I'm going to go back to the rest of my day. As long as you just commit to doing one thing every day, down the line, you'll be so much better than where you were when you started. Yeah, I think like just the consistency aspect of that is so key and, and, and difficult, honestly. Um, it is difficult. I've been really working on, I've been working on that and more in terms of like, I think like personal growth, like even just being consistent with like, like my journaling, for example, or like in terms of like the things that I do to keep up my mental health and maintain my mental health, like being consistent and like I'm supposed to like only use social media for a certain amount of time. That's like the rule that I've put on myself, but like I've been really inconsistent with it. And like some days I've been breaking it and I'm like, that's not helping you. My second to last question actually comes from Noah, my production assistant. Hello, Noah. If anyone listening watches Outer Banks and has not finished, please stop here. Do not listen to this because there's a spoiler involved. But Noah has asked um, if you thought Ward was really dead the whole time or if you had an inkling he was alive. And then she goes, because it seems like some people were expecting it while others totally weren't. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh. So I literally, like throughout the entire time when he died, I, and of course, want to like shout out Madeline Klein who plays Sarah Cameron because she definitely ate that scene up when he supposedly died. I genuinely thought he was dead. I was so excited because like my man was trying to frame John B for murder. And so I really, it didn't cross my mind. 
because I was just like, there's no way he got out of this boat. I was like that, like it blew up way too fast. I was like, there's no exit that could have made sense. But when they did explain it back, I was like, ah, like I could see how people could have guessed this, but I really was like rooting for him to not be alive. But I think it was exciting when he was because it caused so much controversy when they were, um, when they found out that he was alive. So I a hundred percent was unaware and was truly shocked, but honestly amazed because it's exactly what I would expect out of Ward. (laughs) He's such a menace. I hate that man so much. Um, Just like his whole everything. They did some really good casting because he just looks like evil and he looks like he's a menace. Um, Thank you for answering that question for all the, for Noah and all the other Outer Banks fans out there. And my last classic question is, what are you still figuring out? Oof, that is such a tough question. Um, I definitely would have to say, um, first, there's probably a couple things, but first, life, <laughs> as generic as that sounds, I think I've been going through a lot of like um, spirituality and just understanding like my existence and my purpose. And so for me, just like figuring out myself within this lifetime and what I'm supposed to be doing on this earth. And I think it sounds so like existential, but it's the truth. I think I have so much anxiety that I spend so much time worrying about like like my next step, my next move, my next career path. But I think what I've been trying to like slow myself down and focus on is like, like, you know, I'm here for a reason. Um, It's literally in my Instagram bio I found and I just felt like it was so true. I was like how beautiful and rare it is to even exist. And that was just something that resonated with me because it's like I'm here on this earth. And so maybe I don't need to know like what, my career is going to look in five years. Maybe I just need to know what makes me happy. Like maybe I don't need to like have all these awards stacked up by the time I'm 30. Maybe I just need a really good group of friends that help me feel safe and make me feel sane. And so I think figuring out what I want out of this life is something that I'm actively working towards. Probably just the biggest thing like of course, that comes with like figuring out myself, like I said earlier, and figuring out people's roles in my life and um, how long people should stay in my life, like who I want to keep around past 23. Like those all are pieces of the puzzle. But like the biggest thing for me is just, you know, um, relaxing in this idea that like, it's okay if I don't figure out like what my career and my professional world looks like, as long as I figure out like, who Ayana is on this earth and what her purpose is outside of work. I feel like I need to find the value in, you know, what I do outside of Ayana, the journalist. I want to find value in just Ayana Ishmael, you know? And so that's something I've just been working on figuring out most definitely. I love that response. I relate to everything that you were saying, um, especially about just figuring out like what you want out of life. And like, I think what you said about, you know, like even figuring out friendships and like relationships and like who you want to stay in your life and like all of that type of stuff. Um, I, that's also been on my mind as well. Um, and, and thinking about like how I want to exist, like outside of whatever it is that I do. Um, uh, because, you know, 
as anyone that's been through academia and like is 22, 23 right now, I think, I think we've all kind of realized like up until now, so much of our lives have been like really dictated by like where we are in (laughs) academia and like what we're trying to work towards next, Um, which is like, okay and fine, but that's not like, that shouldn't at least be life forever. And like something I've realized as I've left undergrad is like that type of structure, it doesn't really exist um, outside of college. So I'm also working towards that. But thank you so much for coming on the pod and chatting with me. I I feel like I asked better questions this time. So I hope that this is a better time around. Um, And thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. I'm so glad I get an episode. This is so exciting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Figuring It Out. This is actually the last episode of our season. We plan to be back in November. I just wanted to say thank you to my FIO team. Thank you to Ayana for doing this interview twice. And thank you to our listeners for sticking around with us. All of us here at FIO are entering new chapters of our lives and we're really excited to bring you along. I just moved to New Haven and started an MBA program, which feels so crazy to say. I hardly ever say this aloud, but I am actually really proud of myself. I think it's important to acknowledge how far you've come and I encourage you all to do the same. Anyway, I hope you're all doing well. And to those of you who just started a new school year, good luck. I'll talk to you soon.